Sticky situation, sticky situation, so sticky, so sticky. Sticky situation, so sticky, so sticky, so In this click of mine, jealous motherfuckers got me hugging on my stub nose. A new boot bopped up, locked down the Gulf Coast. Forever in the frame of mind, that shit don't stop. Shit don't stop. Forever on top of this game of mine, cause shit don't stop. Shit don't just stop. a million motherfuckers trying to drop LPs, but only one three gonna be putting it down until hell freeze. Bottom line, I'm niggas out to get what's mine. What's Bottom line, don't make me out to cock my nine. You see these lazy motherfuckers be laying back then jack, but in the long run, the poop butts gonna fall through cracks. Turn this stick up, kid, don't get your punk ass shot. You caught the fucking killer, and he popped your knock. Now you in critical condition with severe lacerations, cause some altercations can lead to sticky situations. Needless to say, the haters fuck you dearly. And leery of you, walk ass niggas, I must it clearly. Cause BSK will show them 13 ways to show your hating ass. Click that rhyme page. These niggas wanna see me fall. See me fall. But on the real, nigga, fuck you all. If you for the rest all. of my life, yo, this the shit I'm facing. These hating motherfuckers creating sticky situations.
balance paradise righteousness or back one more again in the lab continuing the texas series legendary status pioneer psk 13 in the building with me reckless clan spc suc father and so much more had to do the solo mine welcome to the bro to the broadcast sibling what do you do mine hey man glad to be back glad to be back um Seemed like yesterday we were just here doing a Reckless Clan interview, but uh, I appreciate you having y'all, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? To share, <clears throat> to share what's going on with me, you know, as an artist. So appreciate it. You're most welcome, sibling. Many are called, but only few are chosen. So, you know, sure. in, in, in time on a tradition, we're going to jump into that dear DeLorean and we're going to go back into time. So, so, so take us back, man. Let's pay, take us back to, to your, your, um, your come up. Okay. Um, I kind of touched on it in the last interview. Um, I was, I was, I was more, you know, in, in the early days, uh, I was, I was more of an athlete and, um, you know, little league, I played everything, man, baseball, basketball, football, swimming track okay. I, I was in everything as far as you know as as far as athletics is you know as far back as i can remember man six seven eight years old athletics was my thing um what did you uh, enjoy I, most I, what was your what was your go-to out of all that was it long jump was it swimming because it sounds like you was used doing a full triathlon kind of thing but actually i actually i ran all relays and i was a long jumper and a triple jumper Right. So, um, but actually, what was funny is they were just all something to do until football season came around. So I was just staying busy, not wanting to be at home. Um, you know, my mom had me in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. She was the den leader. And, you know, she had me and my brother, man, did everything. You know, we were never home. Whoa, 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 sibling. You got you got cobs over there. I knew you had scouts. I didn't know you had cobs. You got cobs in that dip, 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 and all that there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. And actually, like I said, my mom was the den leader, man. So we couldn't miss nothing. We had to be there, <laughs> you know. So that that was one of the earliest times, early on in the game, and I learned about being a leader. My mom was all what I always say: the key to being a leader is being present. You have to be there. Nobody gonna follow you or let you leave them or listen to you unless you're present. You know, you can't can't miss practice, can't miss meetings. You gotta be there. If you're gonna be a leader, then you have to be there. You have to show, you know, a, a, a certain presence. So I look, you know, I, like I said, I learned early in the game, man. You know, everything, every sport, 
everything, every, every, every job, every career choice. I've always been a team captain. I've always got promoted to manager within months of every job. Anybody can tell you that. Uh, so, you know, those, those are things that I got, you know, from my mom and my mom is a, is an outstanding personality. She has an outstanding soul. She has an outstanding presence. And, you know, she basically raised me and my, me and my brother on our own. So, you know, through her, we learned that, you know, there are no limits. You know, um, we didn't, man, I, I didn't learn about anything about really anything racial until we moved out of South Park and moved to the suburbs. I didn't, I didn't, you know, the, what was crazy about it, it was, in a way I felt a little bit sheltered, a little bit pissed, but then it was a lesson because when you get around people that judge you for your skin color, then you kind of get a, you kind of get an optic or visual of what was really going to be going on in the world. So it was a double-edged sword being moved from, from the ghetto. And, and, and when I was in South Park, we didn't see it as no ghetto. We saw it as home. So I'm going to say move from the hood to the suburbs. Because you kind of get a sense of, you know, what they think about you. And, uh, you know, on that note, it, it taught me a lot. You know what I'm saying? It, it taught me, you know, how to deal with the other side, you know, how to, how to maneuver on the other side of the track, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which proved to be fruitful. And, you know, in all my, in all my endeavors since then, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I can go, I can, I can pretty much deal with anybody on, on, on their level. So what you, what you're basically saying is a lot of that foundational teaching is from your mother and being in 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 the those athletic meetings and 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 doing the the sports stuff the cobs the scouts gave you the ability to number one understand understand and overstand the, the 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 importance of leadership and also the keys to communication and how powerful communication and bringing people together Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, without a doubt, you know, that that's from my mom. You know, um, like I said, again, my, my younger brother and I, man, we, you know, we just, everywhere we go, we end up leading something. Mm. So, you know, and I, and I, I you know, I, I dedicate that 100% to my mom. You know, she, she built us like that. She built us to be, you know, leaders, not followers. So growing up then, as you say, South Park, then you moved to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. What kind of, was your mother into a, a religious system or a spiritual system at this time? We were more younger. Uh, when, I, when I would spend time with my dad, we would spend the summers with my dad out in Fifth Ward. My dad was really religious. And, um, you know, we were raised Catholic. My dad was a Catholic, but my mom was more spiritual and she was more in tune with, you know, the, the inner workings of self. Yes. And um, so living with mom full time, that's where I took, you know, my religion or my spirit, my spirituality 
you know, I I, I learned to become in tune with the inner workings of me. Mm. And I and I use that as my religion. Right. And, um, because, you know, at a young age, man, I always knew, I knew this, you know, and, and people would call me cocky, arrogant, or whatever, but it's not cocky or arrogance, man, when you're speaking into existence because you know mm. that I can do this. Every and everything I've done, I mean, I've excelled at it. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not capping, but I'm not going to do it if I know that I'm not going to excel. I'm not going to. It's all or nothing, can it, sibling? If you're going to do it, you're going to do it 110. percent Exactly, exactly. And and there <clears throat> there are very few things, man, that I haven't that I've done that I've kind of just said, well, and the only the, the only and it's back to sports. The only thing I couldn't do was hit a baseball. <laughs> that shit's difficult. That's why. <laughs> I, was, I was I was still the fuck out some bases. I run down a, a pop fly in left field. You know the whole nine, man. I I could not hit a baseball for whatever reasons. Well, I'm a right hander, but I couldn't bat right handed, so I I bat left handed. Mm-hmm. And so that, that that may be where the little confusion came in, you know, as far as the mechanics and, and, and the opticals or whatever. Mm. But I mean, one thing, I, like I said, one thing I couldn't do was hit a baseball. So I I, 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 I kind of said, well, baseball not going to be my thing, but I still played. Right, right. I still never quit. I still was a team captain with the worst batting errors on the team. <laughs> <laughs> He's still doing the thizzle. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but... Um, but pretty much anything else, man, that, that requires, you know, some, 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 some mental strength, mm-hmm. a little physical strength. You know, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm there, man. I'm there 100%. You going to do that, yeah? So, so, so back then, because obviously I know soccer is a lot bigger now. Was you all messing around with soccer at, at school? Not at all. Not, not when I was young. <laughs> not when I was young. Now, when we moved to the suburbs, you know, kids were playing soccer. Okay. And, you know, it, it was it was it was the white kids. Mm. And uh, you know, when I moved to the suburbs, <clears throat> I, I played basketball, football, ran track, but soccer wasn't big back then when I was young. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like different. it is now. I mean, it, it, it's 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 big here. Yeah. You know, you can make money here. Um, and a lot. Of, I wish I would have played soccer because, you know, kids that play soccer. At a young age, you know, they, they tend to excel in other sports, you know. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I do wish I'd play soccer, but man, I mean, I love it. Um, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, up on the rules mm. or anything, you know. So I really couldn't watch a soccer game and actually know what's going on. You, yeah, but, you, you can, sibling. It, it, listen, I'm telling you now, right. The, the game, listen, I don't, I don't mess with soccer, like the modern day soccer. The soccer I used to mess with was like 80s and 90s and shit, right? But yeah. the, the game of soccer itself, the rules are slight, slightly different, some tweaks, but it's a lot more straightforward than, than American football. Right. Now, I found myself, I found myself watching the, um, the World Cup when it was here. Yes. And that's when I, that's when I started really kind of getting into it. And, and, and you know, learning the ins and out of learning the ins and outs of mm. the rules and stuff like that. And I was really in 
when it was here, I was really into it. Like I, I was, I was watching it at work and sneaking to the bathroom and watching. <laughs> I, I really was into it, you know, when, when the World Cup was here. But it, it's not, <clears throat> it's not, you know, televised or it gets gets the exposure like football, basketball, baseball, mm. hockey, even hockey. Yeah. But um, it's definitely, it's definitely a major sport here, though. So who, so so back back then, then who who was you who was you pulling for then? In what sport? In in uh, soccer. Um. When you when you when you's binging on the World Cup. America. <laughs> <laughs> How did I guess she's gonna say that, Zivlin? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. That's, you know we had a, we had our right team there too. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Right. So, so you, you you touched on you. You got a, your a little brother. What it, it is? I, I take it he didn't pursue the the the, the musical mastery uh, that you've done. Well, he he is a gifted writer. I might add. Um, if you listen to the something to lean to series that we have with Bellway Eight Records, yeah, he's yeah. Mister Ty- he's Mister Tycoon on those records. Oh and, shit! Uh, right, that's my younger brother, and. Uh, my little cousin is Kid Two Face, on the um, yeah, on yeah. the Southern Way Two Projects, on the um, on the Pay Like You Way, on the Pay Like You Way Five Thousand, um, and that, that's my younger cousin. Actually, that's my first cousin. But uh, my brother was my brother is more of a more of an extrovert. He's a people person, so he yeah. took on he took on the responsibilities uh, of doing the street promotion. Mm. So, you know, he, he's, he's the type of guy, man, to pull up anywhere. And, you know, hour or two, he knows everybody laughing, drinking, bullshitting with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's the type of guy, you know, actually him and I work together. And, uh, you know, I, I'm the older brother. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much everybody knows me. When we get on a job, everybody, you know, they'll find out who I am. And, oh, man, you PSK, you this, 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 man, I've been listening to your music. This and that, got CDs, this and that. But at the end of the day, my brother carries the moniker of the most popular guy in the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, more, more than more than more than a lot of people have, man, your brother is so damn damn popular. So yeah, he was yeah. I, I was always I was always the athlete and he was always the, the, the clown. So, um, but he, he does carry the moniker. He's uh, the most popular guy in the world. <laughs> Everybody knows so, your brother. <laughs> man, that, 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 man, that guy can fall in with anybody. Anybody. That, that's a good trait to have. That, well, what, oh, star, no what star no sign doubt. are you both? Huh? What star sign are you both? I, I can't make it out what you say. Your star sign? Oh, he's a, he's a uh, Leo. I'm an Aquarius. Okay. Okay, Leo, that's like July, August kind of times, right? Right, August 16th for him and February 2nd for me. It makes sense. That makes sense still. Okay, okay. Astrologically and, and based upon the star signs, that does fit in quite nicely with, with how you've described. Okay, yay. Okay, all right then. So so we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to jump back into DeLorean and fast forward to that Something to Lean To series that you're doing on that Beltway 8 because... I stumbled across that day and I was like, hold up, wait a minute. PSK is going off on this CMI. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that that was that was that was immediately after I I kind of severed ties with Big Time Records. Mm. Uh, severed ties seems kind of harsh, but it, it was more like we both kind of went our own ways. Uh, you know, Russell was Russell was branching off into other things at Big Time Records. I always had aspirations. You know, again back back to you know my aspirations of always being a leader, always having my own, always doing my own thing. So I kind of got had aspirations of doing my own label and um, you know, make, making everything happen, you know, under my own umbrella and, and doing me. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so um we did the uh, summer lane to with Bellway Egg Records. Um it's funny because uh Mike Moe over at Bellway Bellway Eight did a uh, did an interview. Uh, with another podcast uh, yesterday, actually. Donnie Houston, my brother. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. right. So I don't know if you saw it where he mentioned that, you know, that one of the best studio sessions and one of the best sessions that he had was with me. Yeah. And, and um, you know, my, Mike was, you know, the story is true. You know, <laughs> we ran into each other at a strip bar, man. And, uh, you know, he introduced himself and and, uh, you know, history was made from there. You know, uh, school had already passed. Uh, I was trying to get with Michael Watts. Uh, my my half-brother that was that was actually running running Night Shift Music, not the brother we were speaking of earlier, my half-brother. Okay. Uh, he kind of did some bad business with Watts, which I didn't know about. I didn't know about this business actually until a, a few years ago. Man. And um, my brother had did some bad business, man, with, with Watts. And Watts kind of had, you know, kind of had some feelings about it, which I never knew. And um, like I said, I, I, got with, I got with Watts, man, a few years ago. You know, hey, what's going on, man? You kind of, you know, you kind of sideswiping me. You kind of brushed me out. What's up, bro? You know, we something, something I need to know. So he was like, yeah, you still owe me some money. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? Well, well. Where, where is this coming from and how do I owe you money and let's fix it you know what I'm saying so you know he goes into the story about you know G did this G did that G promised this G signed paperwork on this which I never knew about so um I said well look let's go ahead and get that bread squared away Mike and uh you know man let's let's continue rocking man you know your, your friendship is valuable and um I, I hadn't heard from Mike Watson Damn. I mean, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, dude, don't make feelings. I guess, right, dude, don't you know? You don't make me or break me. I mean, that was that was a Michael Watts take, man. I mean, that that's all it was to me. You know, I, re, I, mm. I, I you know, I extended the olive branch. He didn't accept it, so you know, man, I'm moving on, man. I ain't, I ain't tripping. Mm. As as you do, and as you're a man, you've you've done the the honourable thing and and tried to rectify right. situations. Right. It it it's a little you know, and people's egos, people's feelings are involved with this here. Right. Um, it's a little disappointing to not you know what I mean, right. not f for that thing you know, as big grown men and stuff. It's like you know what, thanks, brother. Right. You've come to me. You've you've you've, you've squared me off. We we you know we can well, break bread right. now. You and know what I mean? How, that's how I expected to happen because. That's normally how you know how 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 adults you know maneuver through through issues, and uh, but when it didn't happen, I mean, I wasn't shocked, I wasn't surprised, I wasn't hurt, I wasn't happy, you know. It was just okay. Well, you know that that is what it is. You know? So, but 
Well, you, you never know, sibling. You know, this crazy um, zombie apocalypse, you know, people reflecting on past situations and people. Um, you might get a little call, mate. You might get a little DM saying, well, you know what? <laughs> Let's do this here, mate. Well, I mean, that, that's the type of dude I am, you know. And, and if it does, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to handle it. You know, and I, I, I respond appropriately and... You know, that, that's just the type of dude I am. And I don't harbor no ill feelings, you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's too much weight on my back, man. I'm doing too great for that. Life is too good, man, to be, you know, upset about something you can't control. For sure. So, um... But uh, back to the... We, we, we were talking about the, uh, something to lean to. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I uh, got with Mike Moe and... Uh, he was real hot at the time, man. Like he was saying in the interview, he, he kind of emerged on the scene like real fast. And, you know, like the void was there, like he said, you know. Um, <clears throat> Watts had his, his, his own followers. Then he had people that didn't fuck with him. Mm. So that, that kind of left the void, you know. And, and Mike Mo filled it in and, you know, started listening to a few Mike Mo tapes. And, you know, hey, man, this might work, you know. It's okay. So in essence, what you what you're saying is, did 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 my um did Beltway take up where Screw left off in regards to the South Side and and and, and Screw tapes? Because obviously Watts was more north, right? It kind of depends on how you looked at it. You know, Mike Watts operated out of Prairie View, and uh, Prairie View is, is is a college town, man. Maybe maybe an hour outside of Houston. So it wasn't necessarily a north or south thing when it came to Bellway 8. And that's kind of what, you know, that, that's kind of what aided him in blowing up as well because no one was caught up in the mm. north or south side. You know, nobody on the south side was like, fuck Mo. You know, nobody on the north side was like, fuck Mike Mo, fuck Bellway 8. You know, all the shit was just banging and you didn't have to choose a side when you went to buy Mike Mo's deals. Mm. So, you know, and that, that was kind of one of the things that, you know, that, that maybe helped him, you know, yeah. be as popular as he was. Because, you know, nobody really had to choose. You know, the North Side couldn't say, well, man, that nigga from the South Side, I ain't gonna buy his music and vice versa. <clears throat> yes. Because from what I'm hearing, mine, it was at, at some points that was hella, hella crazy and hectic at times, that North and South rivalry. But it, it, yeah, it's, right. it, it's good that, you know, Men have grown from well, boys have become men, right? And men have 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 become men, you know, right. me mentally. Um, right. So there's growth and development in that respect. You, there's 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 no real divide in that respect now, is there? No, I mean you still have you people know, still have like, pride, obviously, in the south and in, you right, know where yeah, you're from. You know, it's just like anything, man. You still have people, like you said, that still have pride from being from the south side, still have pride from being from the north side. But for the most part, you know, everybody, everybody trying to get money now, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, for the most part, it, it's, you know, it, it's still chilled out a little bit, but, you know, you still have folks that, like you said, have their pride, man. So, mm. But I, I don't, I don't see it as being any, any issue like it was back in the day or, or real hyped up or real dangerous, so to speak. Yeah. 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 And uh, another thing, sibling, can you, can you explain if you can, the the ward thing in in Houston, how how did that take place? Like you got like fifth ward and, and well that that was that was a way of um 
not, not necessarily segregating, but separating the city. Um, New Orleans has the same thing. They have wards as well. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and, and wards are just, you know, different parts of the city where, where you know, they just gave those names. You know, this, this, this is going to be the first war starting from downtown moving out. Mm. And, you know, in the, in the, in the um, surrounding areas of downtown, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, they, they were just called wards. You know, it, it, it wasn't anything. This was before, you know, this, this is the very beginning of Houston. Yeah. It didn't have anything necessarily to do with race or anything like that. You know, those are just, you know, those are just designations of different parts of the city. That's all. So out of all the wards, when you were coming up, was there a ward which was more looked on as a nice award or a place like yeah i want to go to the ninth ward for instance or well to be honest remember earlier i said that the wards were, were, were no areas around downtown mm-hmm. so that that was the inner city right so you know in most of the inner cities you know aren't aren't necessarily desirable places but you know, you still have your pride in where you come from. So I mean, to answer your question, I mean, no, no, I, I don't, I don't remember, you know, really growing up saying, you know, hey, I want us to live in this ward or live in that ward. I was proud to be from South Park. You know, and South Park is a little bit further out than say third ward. You know, fifth ward is on the north side. Okay. Third ward is on the north on the um, south side, you know, first, second, first, second, fourth ward, you know, they're all surrounding downtown. You know, they all surround downtown. But, you know, mm. third ward is on the south of downtown. Fifth ward is north of downtown. So, all right, then South Park then being more on, on the outskirts, was that more, if I can say, more rural? Did you have more, like, land and, and, and stuff out there, or? No, South, south Park is still... You know, it's still the pretty much, you know, is the inner city. But then, like I said, the, you know, the wards are much closer to downtown and, and streets, streets, you know, separate third ward and South Park. Yeah, uh, I hear that. Know, if you want to, if you want to say it like, you know, third ward, then you have South Park. South Park is is, is, is an extension of third ward, to be honest. Because you can drive, you know, a couple of minutes in, in South Park and then be in third ward. Okay. So they're that close. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right then. So, but back to this, this is something to lean to, because you had volume what one, two, and then the pay like you. Did you have more than one and one and two volumes? Because that was the only one I was able to get. Yeah, I got one, two, and then three. So that pay like you weigh five thousand. What that was another one. Right. That that's just a uh, that's just a slow to chop version of uh, of my album called Pay like, Pay Like You Weigh. I did a compilation called Pay Like You Weigh, and um, did actually well. And yeah. that was that was actually the first project that I did after I left Big Time Records. Okay. I don't. Did I get that there? It's the blue cover where I'm sitting on the money. It looks just like the 5,000. Okay, yeah, I've got both of them in. I've got both of them. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. See, at that time, <clears throat> your boys were coming out with some heat, mate. Every single album that was dropped at that period, there wasn't there wasn't really tracks that you'd be skipping. There were straight rollers, right. straight right. rollers. What was you had to because the music and the art and the talent, man, coming out of Houston, man, kept you on your toes. You know, you had to do something that, that was going to say, you know, I mean, I remember saying, like, man, you know, you got to come with some heat because everybody else is. Yes. You know, and the competition was competition was on fire, man. You know, we, we you had artists that, that really, they probably deserve, you know, more props than they got. But that was just as good as you know what I'm saying. Artists that were that were big time. Mm. So you know you, you weren't just competing with with the ghetto boys and the and the suave houses and and um you know the big time records and the rec shop records. You you were competing with all, those, with all those sub artists too because those 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 artists that that were putting their own music out or had less known labels less known labels. You know they, they were putting out heat too. Mm. They were talented too. So who was you? All right, then give me a, give me an idea of who was you when you was putting together that 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 pay like your way compilation, for instance. Uh-huh. Who was you thinking? Okay, I'm put, I'm putting this here together, and I know X Y Z is coming out. Who was you kind of like thinking? Okay, I'm going to be going head to head with these two artists or this artist. I need to make sure that. Well, the, the artist that always kept me <clears throat> kept me on my toes was the artists that were around me, the artists that were on the label, the mm-hmm. artists that I knew firsthand. You know what what they do. You know the K Reno's, the Point Blanks. Yeah. You know, and then you know, of course, um, you know, rap a lot. We always wanted to compete with rap a lot because you know they were the bar. Yeah. So you know, you always you always were saying, you know, man, I, I want. You know, I want my shit, you know, to, to sell like that. You know, mm. I want my shit to be on that level. Suave House, you know, again, Rec Shop. Um, you know what I'm saying? Again, like a lot of labels, man. You know, I had everybody in mind when I was writing. You know, Ball, G, UGK, Face. Mm-hmm. Again, K Reno, Point Blank. You know, mm-hmm. when, I, when, I'm, when I'm in there, you know, like, man, damn. Bro, this is who I got to compete with, and they all in my city. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but you know, it, it, it wasn't hard to get, you know, it wasn't hard to get no motivation. And those guys, you know, right here in the city, right on your face, you know, we were in the same office building, the Suave House. Serious? You know, yeah, we were in the same office building. You know, you you go you go go in and out of the building, man. You might see Bob, you might see G, you know, might see Mr. Mike, might see Crime Boss. You know, I mean, we were in the same building, bro. So was uh, Thora was Tila was Tila around at, at this time as well? Tila was Tila. I, I never really really ran into Tila a lot in Houston. I think Tila was was, was probably out of town a lot. Okay. Uh, I never really bumped into Tila in Houston. I, that's not to say he wasn't here, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he and I never really crossed paths. You know, on the scene here in Houston. Okay, so because y'all obviously you was at the same building, which is crazy. <laughs> Right. right. Um, and once you left big time, did did the honorable Tony Draper say like, hey, hey, PSK, my <laughs> what it do? Well, shit, I wish, 
But you know, they had, you know, they had their own things, man, you know, going. And, you know, I mean, if he if he would have, it was something that I that I would have considered. But you know, man, they they were they were doing their own thing, man. I don't really think we're looking for any more any more label, any more artists. Mm-hmm. Um but I like even before before I signed with Big Time, you know, um I had sent my demos to rap a lot. And um, you know, I, I got the call from Jay. Which was lovely. I'm like, damn, bro, little Jay dialed my phone number, mm. <laughs> and um, you know, he he was, you know, he was in the mind frame of, you know, I, I had four songs, and you know, he was like, well, can you give me ten to twelve songs done and get them back to me? But at this point, I ain't had no money. So was this was my, this my, my demo? My demo actually was paid by was paid for by a friend of mine that believed in me. Man, I, I was I was fresh out of school. I didn't have no money for no studio. Mm. You know, so ten to twelve songs was like saying, "Man, if you can come up with a million dollars, I'll yeah. sign." Like, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I, I took I took that as a sign that maybe I got something. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, if Lil J take the time to listen to my tape and call me back, you know, I, I got some. That's big. So that, that was enough for me right there to to keep going. You know, so hey, so simply, don't get it done, but it was enough to keep me going. Yes, yes, yes. So let me just get this right. So was little jay saying if you get him these 12 tracks was was that gonna be then your album then he would have said okay yeah you get me them 12 tracks so i'm gonna put this shit out and then or, or was it a case of i want to hear it and then see what you're saying and then maybe remix a few with some uh mike dean or beetle or something like that 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 that's the impression that i got like if i come up with some more music for him to hear then he would take it from there okay okay and you know, again, I'm thinking, damn, you know, like I'm screaming, yeah, in my head, like hell, yeah, and at the same time, damn, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so <laughs> that would have been a very different story. Well, how much of a different story then do you think that 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 fork in the road would have been if you would have had those twelve tracks? Do you still think you would have linked with Blank and K Reno and them? Eventually, because you know the, the the artists that I listened to before were the terrorists. Yes. And K. Reno and Point Blank. Um, you know, in school, when I was in school, you know, the the artist the artists from Houston, those were the artists from Houston. Mm-hmm. So I went to school about three hours away from Houston, and I, I took all their music, you know, up there with me, and uh, you know, was turning everybody on to the uh, you know to uh, K Reno and C O D and mm. you know, like I said, the terrorists, uh Gangsta Nip. Yeah. And um so I mean if not if not K Reno or point blank, you know, if I did the rap lot deal, I'd have been labeled mates with, with terrorists and gangsta nip. Yes. And um, you know, not to mention that in junior high when I played ball, Egypt was my center. I was quarterback. Damn. And EGP from Material was was my center. Now is EGP was EGP the producer DJ? 
He was a DJ. Right. Okay. DJ and producer. Dopey did pretty much most of the production, but you know, Egypt was was a producer and a DJ. Is E still about these days? Oh yeah, yeah, work? Still on the scene. yeah, he just still DJing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Terror strikes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Detonate landmines. Am. Uh, blow them holes up. Yeah. <laughs> Prejudice bastards. <laughs> yes, sir. That you see on at that time. I mean, look, we're talking. Um, 91 that would have been recorded maybe what 90 maybe early 91 the content which is being produced even I I have to say this on every time I have y'all on you encapsulate and also and are also almost prophetic with some of the stuff which was laid out many many moons ago we're seeing it we're hearing it, um, mm-hmm. maybe in different formats. I mean, that's it, it's a soundtrack for life, man. You know, it's a, it's how do how do you come up with these concepts? I know some of it is well. well I don't. The, the only thing I can say, man, is that when you're around real people, all you can do is keep it real. Mm. Because when you're in a small when you're in a small space with people, they're gonna figure you out. When you when you're in a studio, man, with 10, 11, 12 people, and you ain't really 100, you're gonna get figured out. Mm. So all you can do around those cats is be real. Um, we was never we was never really into into the balling lifestyle for the most part mm-hmm. you know I, I got off into it because I'm, I'm you know I, I like to cap a little bit you know yeah. <laughs> talk, talk a little shit you know and uh, that, that that's just me though and they accepted me for that but for the most part man I mean <clears throat> those are cats that you just got to be real around man. we were doing a um <laughs> this is funny too I have it in my phone. I'm gonna look for. Uh, we were doing an interview for the DJ Screws' uh, 25th anniversary, and uh, it was me, Cino from the Botany Boys, Russell and K Reno, and uh, Kiki was saying like when he was young, how he used to look up to us, but he was doing the coming down music, you know, the yeah. culture music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The slab music. Yeah. So he said, he said, man, every time y'all used to come around, man, I used to just get scared and <laughs> feel like and feel like feel like, man, these niggas is too real and this and that and this and that. He said one day, um <laughs> he said one day he was he was somewhere, man, freestyling with some cats. And he said, okay, Reno walked around the corner. He said, all the music stopped, everybody stiffened up, everybody started standing up. <laughs> He said, man, we all got stiff. We all stood up straight and shit, put our shirts on. <laughs> he said, man, K-Reno rocked the corner, rocked around the corner, man. It felt like my daddy walked around the corner. <laughs> the wizard himself. So, how, what's so, the age difference? Oh, Kiki, Kiki, 
you know, all those guys are way younger than us, man. You know, I'm, I'm um, at least, I would say at least 10 years, 15 years. Damn, okay. You know, like all those guys are young, man. I'm, I mean, I'm an old cat, man. God just, you know, God just blessed me, you know. When, the, when, when, the, the wonders when, of melanin and all them some? Huh? The wonders of melanin and all them things? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Melanin is a good thing. Sure is, man. It sure is. All yeah. oh, praises. All oh, praises. Yeah. So. so as you say, well, mate, no. you... Was... Go ahead. I was going to say, as you say, you was... um, You all were very different in regards to... And I've, I've highlighted this before in regards to the, the, the content matter. You, yourself... We're a little bit more flashy with your thing. <laughs> um, and that that gave an excellent mix to it. And as you've highlighted, the um the, the H-Town culture music, which which Kiki right. was is, you know, the done the done right. better. Right. Um, and I, I did I did I, I thought that too. That that was kind of planned out. Like I was thinking, you know, I could still stay in the, in the same realm with these guys, but just add a little add a little drip to it. Mm. So that's kind of, that's kind of was my little niche in the SPC, you know? That makes you stick out. The, the, I mean, to be fair, a, a lot of people do stick out at the SPC. Um, right. A lot of people do, but there were certain standouts within the SPC was, you know, everyone's got their own tones. As soon as you hear Q Boy, as soon as you hear Murder, everyone has got their own kind of sound. But right. there ain't nothing like when you hear K come on the beat on, on, on one of those, you know, one of those tracks when when Black right. comes on, when Lord, Ice right. Lord drops one of those verses, right. you right. know, right. it's it's right. something special, man. It's something right. special. Right, right. And I hope, like I said, you know, I I I, I try to be that, you know, I. I <clears throat> I try to be the first. I try. I, I want to rap on the first verse. In any song we do, I always ask, "Can I go first? And that's not necessarily to show nobody up, but I just know, like, what's coming behind me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that my style, my wordplay, my rhyme pattern is gonna be different, and it's gonna complement. Anybody who's coming behind me, mm-hmm. that's that's why I like to start songs off. Okay, Reno said I'm the greatest song starter in the world. I'm like, Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming coming from the Wiz, man, any kind of compliment, you know, it, 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 you know, is yeah. flowers. Definite, man. Definite from the Wizard himself, K. Reno. It's the starter, right. the right. foundation of this all yeah. Hey, let's let's rewind back to that um that Born Bad album. Okay. Ice Tea. Yes, sir. How did that come to pass? Uh, we got connected with Ice Tea through Born Twice. You know, uh, Born Twice is a member of the uh, Rhyme Syndicate. Right. He he and Ice Tea are literally brothers. What? And, uh, and uh, you know, I uh, born twice hooked that up with Russell, and um, you know, um, Eddie Coleman, uh, R.I.P. 
was the president of Big Time Records, he knew that Ice T was one of my favorite rappers. So he's like, hey man, I got a surprise for you. I got a surprise for you. How, how would you like to work with Ice T? I'm like, what? No, is that even a question? Let's do this. <laughs> you know, let's go, man. So, you know, just meeting Ice T and hanging out with Ice T, man, was super cool. You know, um, I remember <clears throat> picking him up from the airport and he was like, why y'all got a limousine? <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all could have saved that money, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, you know, he, he hung out with us, man. He rode around with us. You know, and um, I just, I remember when we went places with Ice T, like here in Houston, riding around, hanging out, chilling, like, bro, I've never been around anybody in my life that everybody knows. <laughs> Middle Easterners, Asians, mm. white people, black people, you name it. Wherever we went, shit stopped. Literally. Yeah. People stopped shopping. People stopped walking. People stopped eating. And I was just like, well, damn, man. I mean, I thought, you know what I'm saying? I thought I was, you know, a little popular. Well, bro, that's <laughs> that's other that's other level shit. Like, I, I still haven't. I, and I've been around some of the, you know, most famous celebrities in the world, man. Mm. But ain't nothing, ain't, nobody shut shit down like Ice-T. Nobody. He's big time, down right? Down to earth cat, man. You know, even after even after um after he left and um we did the, we did the song, we still kept in touch. Still was 100. Mm. He stayed, he stayed an extra weekend for my album release party. He performed at my album release party. Uh it was just 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 an all all time good dude, man. Real, real dude, man. You know what I mean? And um he took the time out to speak. And conversate with everybody in my family. My whole family was at my release party. Wow. From you know, from my aunts and my cousins. And he had conversations with every single one of them, not just, hey, how you doing? I'm Ice T. He had conversations with them. And um, real, real good dude, man. That, that was that was a very <clears throat> that was a very fun album to, to make because I was in my I was I was in a zone. Making that album, like those songs, just just came out. Uh, the producers that I work with, we were all in, on one accord as far as the music. Um, Southern Fire Entertainment did most of the work. Who was and that? I, can Can you break down like that that that, that collaborative? Who was Southern Fire Entertainment? Well, they consisted of uh, of uh, <clears throat> a guy named Tim, a guy named Marlon. We called M One, JoJo. And uh, uh, Joe Bythewood, JB Money. Um, JB Money ended up doing a lot of work for Rap A Lot after my album, okay. And um, you know, JB would tell me, Man, after your album, I, I worked every day after I did your album. This um, Marlon, Marlon went on to do a remix for Outcast, he did um. Man, I can't remember now, but he did he did songs for major groups. He did uh 
work with Ice Cube we, on uh, I think on the Death Certificate album song oh, called shit. Pink and Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Marlon did that song. It's the same guy that did most of the beats on Born Bad. <laughs> um, the youngster. They got they got that work after Born Bad. And they'll tell me to this day, man. Born Bad put us on the map. Born Bad got us money. Born Bad got us work. Because sibling, that album sonically, production-wise, lyrics, there wasn't a whole lot of features on there, but the features on there were dope. Huh. It, that again, that is something you you can put get grab your CD, you put that there in, press play, and just sit back. That, that was the whole objective, man. The 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 the, the mixing and the mastering mastering were done by Skip Holman. Um Skip Holman, he told me, and this is true, he says, when I get through with this album, you're gonna be able to put this album in any system or radio, you're gonna be able to turn that motherfucker up to 10 and the speakers won't bust. It's gonna be crispy clear, even on 10. Now, if you grab an original copy of Born Bad, put that sound bitch in your CD player and turn it up to 10 mm. and see what happens. No distortion, None. no nothing. No rattling, you know, no rattling speakers is gonna be all be smooth, crispy, and clean. When I um when Priority got the project, uh Dave Weiner called me. And you know, the same day, the same Dave Weiner that they were talking about in the masterpiece, yeah, <laughs> you know, no Living chronicles, the same Dave Weiner. He called me and, and you know, he was like, honestly. Me and Mystical album came out that same month. And he said, um, I think he said something like, you missed Billboard by like 80 copies. Damn. By 80 sales. But he was like, I'm going to tell you right now, PSK, this is the best album to come out of the South all year. He said he liked it better than Mystical's album. Which Mystical you know album was this? Uh, I don't remember whichever one came out in... Uh, October of 97. Seven, so that would have been the No Limit one, the Unbreakable, Unpredictable. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It was, it was this is hands down. It was, it was definitely on the, the No Limit one. But, um, but he says, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be honest with you. No knock on Mystical. I mean, I can't touch Mystical album sales. But, you know, the coming from Dave Wine, one of the big guys at Priority, mm. you know, they, they, you know they, that, that kept me going at all. You know, also, it's like, man, this is the best album to come out of the South. You know, you missed Billboard by like 80 pieces or something like that. Some some real slim number. And, um, you know, when the guy's telling you, man, this this is my favorite album. He, he said, I had to get a whole new, um, I had to get a whole new system in my car because I'm so used to it listening to it here in the office. <laughs> yes, sir. And that's on everything I love. Man, you know, born bad, bad, put me on, put me on the map. That was um, mastery, pure mastery. So the process of actually of Ice T putting those those bars down, because when I first when I first grabbed, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I went I went to um, the center of town, like real early, about <laughs> ten thirty, went to my record store. 
didn't expect to see no PSK. I just saw two babies and like, what? What album called? What's this? Looks oh. like I saw PSK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get this one. I can't remember what other selection I got. I think I got another two CDs at that track at that time. Oh. It might have been that that mystical. I probably got at the same time. I went oh. straight home and started listening to it. And I was I was on the bus and I was thinking, Ice T. That's out the box. I don't expect <laughs> to see Ice T on this CMI. Yeah. You know how how is he going to be able to cope on a Reckless Clan PSK kind of thing? Right. So I was really, you know, and then I heard it and I was like, you know, with them champagne popping and pouring right. and all that there. Right. Right. Sibling, explain how, how did that come about, man? How, how was the, the actual recording of the verse? Well, we did that at, uh, at Simplified Studios, rest in peace to Maestro. Um, Maestro was already, Maestro was from Jersey as well. Um, he, had, he had worked with, man, a lot of artists from up that way, you know, up to including Run DMC, think uh, LL, a lot of people like that. So he he made, you know, he 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 made Ice T feel at home in the studio. And um, at first, we 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 kind of went through a few songs on the album, and um, I could tell that Ice T was kind of figure out you know, which song he wanted to do and how he was going to, you know, do his thing on the song. So when he first got in, you know, when he first started, you know, listening, I think he was a bit confused, to be honest. And um, when Big Players came on, it actually had already been on a Reckless Clan album before that. And that was my solo song on the Reckless Clan, on the first Reckless Can album, that was my solo song. So if you listen to the first Reckless Can album, Big Players is on there, but Ice T ain't on it. Yep, blowing up the scene. Right, right. And um, <clears throat> so I played that, you know, and, you know, of course, you know, pimp, you know, I the, the pimp in him <laughs> li- liked it, you know what I'm saying? So he was like, you know, third, 13. What you think about this one, man? What you think about me hopping on this one? I was like, man, shit, you can hop on whatever song you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he, shit, we played that song most of the night. You know, we sat around, bullshitted, chopped it up, took breaks, went eight. You know, and uh, eventually, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the night, he had it, you know, he had his verse done and went in and rocked it. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. so like I said, that, that entire time with Ice T Man was, you know, something I never forget. And uh, you know, he 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 was, you know, he was one of the, he was one of the guys, man. You know, mm-hmm. so we ended up after that, we ended up meeting him up in Dallas. Um, you know, he invited us up to Dallas. So shit, we drove up to up to Dallas and kicked it with it. So you know, that's just type of dude he is, real cool dude. Definitely, I'm very talented. Not so much. Rapping wise, now he's 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 doing his um his acting thing, man. Um, right. Yeah. He's doing it, man. He's doing it. He's for for, for, for the right. youngsters, for the millennial, for the Generation Z, um, right. who who, <laughs> who just know Ice T is you know on Law and Order and all that. There, his right. brother was right. a you know very um talented artist, man. You know, right, right. You don't put it down. Hey, so all right then, sticking with this um. 
boom, bad. Like yesterday, sibling. Again, a, a prophetic, uh, emotional, also thought-provoking track. Uh, um, Rising Paradise, Chad Butler, Pimp C. Great call, that's great. That, how did that come come to uh, to fruition? Well, that, that song was, that was one of them songs, man, that just flowed, came out, um, no retakes, no correcting anything. Um, Chad came in the studio. Again, it was with the Southern Fire Studios and um, told JB, he was like, JB, uh, Play that, play that bass line from Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Mm. You know, JB wasn't, he didn't have to even think about it. Martin programmed the drums. So we had a skeleton track to work with. Um, Instantaneously, Bun was like, "Man, I'm gonna try to sing this hook. Just, just hear me out, PSK. I'm gonna try to sing." And I was like, "Shit, man, I ain't questioning nothing you know, <laughs> you know." So, um, Bun went in and did. From mistaken, Bun went in and did the hook first, but he didn't like it. And he's like, "Well, nah, man, let's try something else." Not telling you know, shit. Me and Chad was like, "Nah, don't touch that." You know, you know, Chad, Bumpy, Bumpy, the man, don't touch that, Bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he did the hook, Pent went and did his his verse. Shit, after that hook, after Bond did that hook and Pimp did his verse, we was like, oh, hell yeah, we were sitting up in our seats like, mm. we got something, we got something. Yeah. So I, my verse. Shit, we did the song. We did the song and then maybe about, you know, while the song was still in our heads, we were still playing it, listening to it. You know, Chad had the genius idea of we need to do the radio edit right now. Mm. You know, while, while we still got that melody in our head and while, while we still listening to it, we don't want to come back later on and do the radio version and sound, our voices sound different, we yeah. have a different tone and all that other stuff. So he came up with the genius idea, let's do the radio edit right now. So when Chad said, let's do the radio edit, that flipped me into a whole nother mode. Like, oh shit, I got a radio hit now. <laughs> you know, it wasn't necessarily, I didn't have them on the, on the album to give me a radio song. I had them on the album just to, to have them on the album because, you know what I mean? I mean, those are my label mates. I was a fan. And, you know, I, yeah. I was honored to have them on the album. But when Chad said, man, let's do the radio, let's do the radio edit right now, you know, that, that flipped me into a whole frame of different frame of mind. And and you could tell, you know, how the rest of the album came out. I was I was on cloud nine, man. Yeah. Like, okay, this is this 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 is what this is what I, I want my shit to sound like. So you know, that was one of that was one of the first songs that I had recorded, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, the, the, the whole album kind of follows suit. 
Okay, okay. But but let me reiterate, Bun hated that hook. <laughs> Initially, Bun, yeah. <laughs> Bun did not like it. He still don't like it. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. He did a he did an interview a few months ago. And uh somebody asked him in the interview, has, has he ever sung on a song? And he said, Yeah, I sung on a song, a good friend of mine song, PSK 13. You know, went into it, you know, we good me and Bun were good friends, you know, outside of the music business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he went on to, you know, <clears throat> explain our friendship. And uh he said, Yeah, you know, I, I did try to sing, you know, he you know, he he said he didn't really like it. But you know the song was a hit, man. You know I think the only person that didn't like it was probably him. <laughs> that did that knocked my. Did you ever do a video to it as well? No, um, we could have, and I'm gonna leave it at that because okay, I, I really don't know the business behind the video, mm -hmm. behind what Russell at Big Time and what Priority Records were really discussing as far as the video. I know it was in discussion. Okay. And uh, but from what I was hearing, um, Russell didn't want to take the money for the video because videos back then were $50,000. Easy. And he didn't want to take that money and be in the hole, you know, that much with priority mm. <clears throat> back then, which... Which as an artist, you know, I'm like, you know, come on, man, bro, goddamn, do the fucking video. But as a businessman, you know, why yeah. jump, why jump, why jump fifty grand in the hole when the song already doing good already? It's as you say, it's under understandable, but at the same time, um, you gotta uh, speculate to accumulate, and I think. If, right. if a video, and I'm pretty sure you're in the same mindset, if a video was done for that there, that would have taken it just to another place. Another level. Right, right, right. I, I have to agree with that. Mm. Like I said, you know, from, from, from an artist standpoint, I wasn't getting that shit. Mm. From a businessman standpoint, you kind of, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um... Another feature which I'm real interested in, <clears throat> as I'm now embarking on the uh, the New Orleans series, um, Ghetto Twins. <laughs> My girl. <laughs> Yay! Precise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We still in touch, man. We still interact on IG. Um, some of the coolest sisters, man, I know. Uh, they always fucked with me. They always rocked out with me. Even though uh, some niggas in New Orleans was hating. And uh, well, on on them featuring, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was niggas in the studio hating. Okay. And uh, real talk, we you know we we did the song in Precise's studio. But Precise went to another studio. I forgot the name of it in New Orleans. And, uh, so you went down to New Orleans to do it? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to stay in that element, you know, because I wanted the song to have, you know, a, a kind of New Orleans feel because, yeah. you know, New Orleans music was doing real good. And um, so I wanted to stay in that element. So we went down there and recorded. 
Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. you know these old hating ass niggas in the studio, some prominent artists in New in New Orleans too. And, uh, okay. They ain't really like that shit, but the song was successful, you know, and it played on the radio here in Houston. So, you know, fuck you niggas. <laughs> It is yeah. what it is, man. Greatness. You see what it if they, is? If they, ever, if they ever see this video, they're going to know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, fuck yeah. You okay. It is what it is, man. When, when greatness yeah, is again, around. You know, right. Again, those, those, are, those are my sisters, man. I love them to death. Uh, you know, <clears throat> shout out to them. Shout out to Precise. You know, like I said, we still, you know, we still interact on social media, man. And, you know, if you if you see, if you check in in my eye, my Instagram post, you know, they write on there, like, comment, right. you know, those, those are my sisters, man. Love y'all. Talented sisters, man. Talented sisters. Yeah. Hey, so what was it like working with the legendary Leroy Precise? I was... Outside of them was, hating ass niggas. Ass, forget them hating ass niggas, yeah? Yeah, fuck the niggas. I just, I just wanted to say that just in case they watch this video. Fuck you niggas. And, uh, but uh, <laughs> but precise man, precise was was just as you would think, man. Perfectionist, uh, super cool ass, down to earth dude. Um, now I don't know if a lot of people know, but he's married to uh, one of the yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> but super cool dude, man. And let me add that I have I have never been so high in my life. <laughs> Man, them girls, them girls got me smoked the fuck out. It's only two times where I remember saying, you know, no mas. And I was with the twins. And I was with and the other one was with Tommy Wright ass. <laughs> so I don't know, you uh are you familiar with Tommy Wright out of Memphis? Tommy Wright, the third from Memphis, right? Yeah, 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 man, legend, sibling, legend. Yeah, that's my dude. So, those are the only two times, man, where I was like, bro, no, 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 no. But uh, again, you know, working for Precise, man, Precise did everything I wanted on the beat. He crafted the beat, you know, exactly how I wanted it. And if you listen to the song, it's got that same wine wine in it. That's an, uh, that's a mystical song. Okay. And, uh, I forgot what song the mystical used. That mm, the man right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got the same wine wine in it. Yeah, said, yeah. Precise man, like everybody know you for that, bro. I got to have that in the beat. And I thought he was gonna be like, well, nah, man. You know, uh, that's mystical song. You know, and I don't want to use man. He said, shit. Okay. Yeah. Put that bitch right in there. <laughs> Let's do this shit, man. You know yeah, what? Right. I, I've got to go back and peep that day, you know, that Ghetto Twins. I remember the, the vocals on it and stuff and the mm-hmm. content, but for some reason, I well, can't. The previous got the same little. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Got the same little one. I said, I got to have that, man. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he, put, he put it in now. Definitely. And he's, again, legend, legend in the game. People talk about Manny Fress right. and all that there, but Leroy Precise, he. Right. Excellent right. producer, my excellent right. producer. Shout out to them, man. Love y'all, man. All three of y'all, y'all, y'all 100. They're still here in Houston, too. So, oh, that they're relocated up to Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll talk, um, back office sibling about that. There, you heard, right? Right, right. <laughs> All right, no um, I got one more about this, um, this born bad. 
Oh. I got one. I got one more about this uh, about this Born Bad album, and it's the um, Sticky Situations. Mm. Another classic track, sibling. Another banger. Who was the vocalist on that? There. That was. Cause she sung her ass off. Not her name, bro. I think, man, what is her name, man? I, I and I'm not saying it because I don't want to get it wrong, man. She actually is the same voice on Fifth Ward Boys. Um, um, the Rated G album, um. What's the song, man? Virginia is her name. Okay. Um, Virginia is her name. And the Fifth World Boys song she sung on. Uh, I know it was like you're trying to tell me about. I can't. Situations. No. It... Situations are the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's the same shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's the same voice in Virginia. Um, Virginia, when we did that immediately after, she got into secular music. Oh, okay. And, uh, it, 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 it wasn't really tough, but we respected her wishes, so she didn't really perform it with us, but she loved that song. Yes. She loved that song, man. She loved listening to that song. And that's actually, that's Sticky Situations is actually one of my favorite songs. Yep, me too. Because, because like I said, the way, the way it came together and the way Virginia song on the hook, and and I mean to be honest, with you, I was I was I put, I, I kind of impressed myself with the lyrics as well. Listen, sibling, you going off. I mean, the whole <laughs> album you going off, but that's the 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 vocals, the production, and what you're spitting on that there, mate. It's it's space age, mate. It's space age. Right, right, right. So that that, that I had a lot of fun making that song, man. And uh, like I said. <clears throat> The, the, that was another one of them songs like when I picked up the pad it wasn't no word scratched out wasn't no word switched you know it just Straight. all came out you know what I'm saying man you know what I'm saying? I got a cool motherfuckers that we think like Alan 17 man. in the clip 17 back talent you know what I'm saying <laughs> just, so it, it just flowed out man just I me a cool motherfuckers that we think like Alan 17 mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it just all it all, it all came out, man. That, that like again, that was one of my favorite songs, and I like that song. I, I like the overall just finished product of that song. Yes, classic. Man. One more song on that album that is probably 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 about the favorite my my most favorite song that I've ever recorded was "Guilty" with Black from Twenty to Life. Oh my dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that that song has a special meaning to me because yeah 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 my grandma who's passed now rising paradise she would never listen to my music because she knew I did a lot of cursing and things like that mm-hmm. and you know our old black women all who were raised in the church you know what yeah. why you got to do that why you got to do that you can make music for the lord you can make music where you ain't got a curse. I'm like, Grandma, but that ain't what's going on right now. You know, I'm missing, 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 missing. Here, go play bingo. Here's $100. Go play bingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but 
she did say, before I die, you're going to make a song for the Lord. And I said, I promise, Grandma, I am. I promise you. And, 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 and Guilty was it. And um, JoJo from um, from Southern Fire did that track. And uh, that was a replay of a song that I heard from. Man, I'm getting too old. I can't remember, man. Um, it happens. Guy named, a guy named Tony. He was like a neo soul artist, man. And the song was called Billy Goat Gruff. Okay. Um, the guy's name was Tony something, man. Um, man, I want to Google the song, but when I heard that song, when I heard the guy's name was Tony, I can't remember his last name. Little dark skinned dude, wore a fedora hat and glasses. And the song was called Billy Goes Gruff. But again, like I said, when I heard that song, I was like, that's the song I want to do for my grandmother. That beat. Okay. And because it sounded like something straight from the church. Mm. You know, the, the piano. Yes. Yes. It's very soulful in that respect. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, JoJo added the organs in it. To make it more of a church feel. And then he hears some hand claps in the back. Feel right like you were at church. And I was like, okay, no boom. And that song, I had written the whole song. I had written the whole song. And Black called me from Twin of Life. Like, damn, bro, I ain't on the album. I was like, oh, shit, my bad, dog. (laughs) Man, because. Again, remember I told you the album was just I was in a zone. I yeah. was pretty much flowing. You stated yourself, not a lot of features. So I was just kind of in the zone, just <clears throat> doing these songs. And I had totally forgot that I didn't have Twin of Life on the album. <clears throat> and so I said, you know what, Black? You got the perfect voice for this song. I got you right now. Come to the studio. Mm. Boom. There it is. You know, here she was made. You know, that that that's probably my favorite song that I've recorded because, you know, the, the backstory. Yes. And again, rise in peace to grandma, man. Um, exactly. Bringing exactly. forth that there. But you got, again, the, the youngster, track number seven. <laughs> I, get, I get a lot of, I get a lot of feedback from that song, man. I, I, I've got mail, email, phone calls, man. You just don't know how that song changed my life. You just don't know how that song is about me. Um, <clears throat> another backstory to the youngster. Um, I pitched a movie script and got some interest in the movie script. And that was the title song to my movie. The movie oh. was called the Youngster. And um I had written a, I had written a movie, you know, based on everything that the song was saying, you know, a little young guy. Um <clears throat> little young guy, man, fearless guy, um, younger than everybody else, just a little different cat that people gravitate gravitated to was kind of intriguing because he was so young 
but with so much courage, spirit, gumption, balls, and smarts. And I thought that would be a storyline that would attract people, especially, you know, during that era, during that time period. Yeah. And um, like I said, I pitched it for a movie, man. I got some people to listen to it. And um, I put the song on the album. And a lot of people gravitated to the song and, you know, but, but as far as the movie, it just never came into, into fruition, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still, I still have the, um, you know, I still have the movie written out and, um, but you know, I mean, it may happen one day, it may not. This but, is uh, it. The movie, the movies, the movies, I think the movie of the well. Based on, listen, sibling, based upon what you put down, <laughs> In that there, in that that short five minute plus track, if if you if there's a um a script to go along with that, it, that that's that's a that's a hit right there, mate. If the right the right person produces it, we got the right people in that there, right. you know. Right. If God say the same, man, I might you know I might you know come up with some fine, come up with some with some um. With some backers or something, man, and put some money behind it. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's not a dead issue with me. You know, just the timing hasn't been right. <clears throat> but, um, you know, like I said, the song in itself, you know, stands out on its own, man. I've, I've gotten so many, you know, so many, so many compliments and yeah. so many people that, that relate to the song. Mm. Um. um. Yeah, that that you've got so much on that there. Was was that sis, sister um, who was on Sticky Situation? Was she on Pay Like Your Way as well? Uh, Virginia, no. She did a lot of work on Twenty Life's albums. Okay, that, that's how I. Um, that's how I. That's how I ended up meeting Virginia because her and Black were real tight. Right. But, Whoa, 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 whoa